Hey everyone, hope you guys enjoy our discussion today with Marcus Torgerson, Crapple Guy expert, overall one of the most motivating individuals we've had a chance to speak with. I think you guys are really going to enjoy this. Thank you for listening. So, hey everyone, today's guest is Marcus Torgerson, Crapple Guy expert, tactical instructor, been 20 plus years in the club security circuit, and it's just an honor to have you here, Marcus. Uh, thank you for inviting me. I'm very excited for this. How um, how have you been handling COVID and everything like that? Has it kind of rocked your world a little bit like everyone else? Well, well, it, it's rocked my world financially because of the fact that I make my money getting on planes and going to different countries. So it's it's screwed me that way. But I was I was doing COVID isolation before it was cool. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it is kind of cool being something like where you kind of. I've, I've, I obviously we both work with a lot of people. You have to yeah. deal with the public, but it yeah. is kind of there is something soothing about isolating yourself before yeah. all the craziness. So yeah, I, I'm not I'm not big on how it's it's ruined a lot of people's lives, um, but it's been educational. It's taking a step back and looking at how human beings are. I mean, we're 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 predictable, right? Very very. With everything's a circle. Yeah. So yeah. And what I guess for the viewers, you guys, I definitely think they should follow your page because especially like when I started going back to like March, you've always been, you're very positive every day. You're mm -hmm. very raw. You're very real. And mm -hmm. I think that's kind of assuring to people that, hey, you can still be yourself, but still kind of give the middle finger to any issues you have and just put your head down and get it done. Yeah. I love that. Thank you. Thank you. It's, um, it's, it's refreshing uh, with considering the amount of false images that we get on a daily basis and 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 looking at you know looking at social media and if you're not authentic with yourself you would get caught up in oh my god i have to be like this person or that person right. or whatever and it's all bullshit anyway so you know I'm, I'm thank you for that i'm glad the more people that can be authentic it would it would make a difference it would make a difference on this planet right and i think you i mean there's a lot of celebrities i kind of follow say like the rock or yeah. And I don't necessarily follow for like the politics per se, because I, I probably don't agree with half the stuff they say. Yeah. But as long as the message is positive, I think social media can be a great thing. But the yeah. more real you are, yeah. you you relate to the working man and woman who oh, yeah. aren't on the red carpets. They're no. trying to survive with their kids. Yeah. Working five jobs. So. Yeah. Because we're all one paycheck away from being broke. Right. Like, let's be honest. We're all one. The rock, God bless them. And all these people like there's, there's a detachment from reality between uh, those people and, and us. A hundred percent. Right. So, so let's get started. How did you kind of, let's go like, when you growing up, I know you yep. started at an early age. Yes. So what kind of led you into the Krav Maga? Well, uh, Krav Maga, I, I got into Krav Maga 15 years ago because of the fact that I, initially just wanted to begin to be a student again. Um, I'd, I'd come kind of full circle with a bunch of stuff like starting at a young age as a kid with Kung Fu and then doing Wushu, which you're having Keith Hirabayashi on. He's the best. We talked to him. He was an awesome guy. Well, he, when he was at the highlight, that's when I was competing. So I actually got my uniform like him and I didn't fill it out like him and I couldn't <laughs> do what he did. But, but so martial arts has just been like, eat, sleep, drink, live. But 15 years ago, I'd just been like, I was at a really bad spot. And I just wanted to be a teacher, not a teacher, uh, uh, instructor, uh, sorry, brain's 
fried. Um, I wanted to be a student and that just wasn't in the cards. Like I tried for a little bit and then the school that I went to was kind of just not it. And then through happenstance and weird shit, um, I ended up going to Israel for a month and getting my instructor certification from there. And it's just been like, seriously, a, a, a roller coaster of, unimaginable circumstances that have happened since then. Um, but it started as I just wanted to be a student. So it, you must be the, one of the only few non-Israeli instructors for that part, right? Yeah. It, it, and in my organization, right. I'm the only one at my, on my team, cause I'm on a teaching team. Um, but, and there's, there's a few guys that are, are non-Israeli that are, are really high levels. But yeah, in my organization, I'm the only guy on my team that's uh, non-Israeli. And what, why choose Krav Maga? What, 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 in the beginning, what was the aspect that kind of drew you into that? Well, now, and that's why it's funny we tie into the nightclub security thing. Um, you know, when you're seeing fights on a regular basis or you're engaging in fights on a regular basis, whether you want to or not, you get to see very quickly what works and what doesn't work. Now, my upbringing, I was not always a nice person. So I, I got to see some and do some bad things. Um, so when I was in 15 years ago, I wanted to be a student of something that I knew for sure. Like I'm a traditionalist at heart. Like I'm a traditional martial artist at heart. But I know there's certain limitations that happen right. with martial arts. So I needed something that I knew would work when there's three or four guys or if a knife came involved or whatever. And Krav Maga is it. Like there's no matter what, it is the best system for the regular person to learn. And it's never failed me. Yeah. There is something like I think you said it perfectly, the practicality of that art, especially in real world situations. Yeah. Yep. So I guess my kind of my first question, you, I get, are you trained to be on the offense and defense at the same time? Like yes. Kind of, okay. So how does yep. that work? Well, it, it, so like everything in life, you're having a choice. Am I picking the fight or am I finishing the fight? Right. So depending on the scenario or my job description or, you know, let's keep it at the lay person, right? There's just a regular person. I'm sitting there, I'm walking with my family and some altercation comes in. I'm not able to deescalate it. I have to make a choice. Is this scenario better suited for me to be offensive and just smack this person in the throat and pick up my kid and run? Or do I react to the scenario uh, deal with the thought, counterattack as soon as possible, and then scoop my kid and run away. So it right. really depends on which which end of the spectrum you're going to be on in that given moment. Right. In terms of when I was going to the federal government, I did Secret Service for like six, seven years. Okay. And so in training, we kind of got like the gist of propaganda, like disarming. It just. Yeah. But I guess in today's day and age, law enforcement specifically. You're under, they're under such a scrutinized eye that yeah. even with the best trade in the world, they have to always in the back of mind, well, if I do that, I could be a video. They're going to yep. sue me. So yep. how do you, in part of your training, how do you kind of help with the mental aspect of that where, hey, your life still, you still have to save your life and save others? Yeah. You know, well, when it comes to law enforcement and they're, they're at this current environment or whatever you want to call it. It is such a shit show for our law enforcement. Um, and because there's some retards who are just fucking it up for everybody, you know, it's you're, you're hooped. So I'm going to go with the same adage that has been tried true. 
I want you to get home the way that you started your shift. Right. Um, and yes, there's huge legal ramifications. Your union may not protect you and you've got legal bills. But if you're not able to hold your child, what the fuck does it matter? So when it comes to training and, and doing stuff, what bothers me about our law enforcement is that because of the fact that they don't have the skill sets to either de-escalate because they don't have life experience or when it gets to where you have to choose a tool, their first one is to go to that tool that may not be the best one needed in that environment. Right. Articulation. Um, yeah. And so, you know, I'm all for, for guns and batons and tasers, but a lot of times you can take care of a scenario and I'm not saying like soft versions. I'm talking about you can put a guy in his place without having to go to other tools. And that's where the legal ramifications right. come from. Now, I grew up in, an, in, a, in a generation where, you know, when we would talk shit to cops um, and say, like, what's your badge number? They'd go by and say, here's my badge number. And boom, you take a shot in the mouth. You can't do that now, obviously. Right. Right. But I'll tell you right now, I was less mouthy when I knew I was going to get an ass whooping. Right. So I'm not saying, I, I just think that there's, because of the fact that there's so few bad apples that have ruined it, that the easiest solution to many problems is talk. If that doesn't talk, a good slap does wonders before you have to go to something that's going to change the course of a lot of lives. Right. It's, somebody just brought up about the, um, when I was talking with Keith Cook, we kind of transition into the fact that hey, we're all both we're both pro guns, Second Amendment, die for that right. But yeah. just because you could have that right doesn't mean you should own a gun, and that you have to be able to train with it. And so yeah. we kind of discussed like, hey, just because you can, if you're pulling out a gun, like you might be able to take care of that situation without pulling the gun out. Yeah. And so it's fascinating to kind of hear similar mindset like that. Yeah, and it's funny because I don't, I honestly haven't been able to. Like he's always Keith Hirabayashi to me. Right. Okay? Yeah. That's so, Keith Cook, Hirabayashi. Yeah. yeah. And so it's, I don't know. I didn't know he was pro 2A or whatever. And I'll say this as a Canadian, I was born in Canada. So the gun culture is different in Canada than it is obviously here. But I'm a big believer in anything. Obviously I can take, I can take this bottle and I do the bad things to you with it. Right. It's, it's, it's not good. It's, it's what's in here that, that changes a tool. A gun is, is useless without somebody pulling the trigger. But as you said, without any training, that right. gun is just a fucking vehicle. Jesus Christ, a car. Right. I take a car. I fuck up somebody's life. for, And that's with a license. Right. Allegedly, I'm supposed right. to be okay with that. Right. Because you can do a three-point turn. You're okay to kill a crowd of people. In a heartbeat. Right. Um, so I, I think that it's easy to blame firearms or wet knives or it's easy to blame the tool and that takes the responsibility and accountability off of the person. And I think that's unfair because you have retards with guns and you have good people with guns, right? The gun doesn't change. It's the person doing whatever they're doing with it. You right. know, and we have a huge amount of new first gun owners now in the last, Oh my God, the it's same, it's same huge yet that same mindset of, well, now I have the gun. I've gone to the range. I put a couple of holes in there. They hit. I'm good. You know, it, it just scares the shit out of me because somebody, somebody's going to fuck that up and say that it's the gun's fault. It's not the gun's fault. Right. 
It's not the nice fault. It's not the beer ball. It's not the car. It's the asshole driving it. Let's let's throw the the accountability to where it belongs, right? Right. In Crab God, do you guys trade with specific weapons, or is it something where, hey, depending on the situation I'm in, I may have to break this beer bottle, or I got to grab this pool stick? Do you guys trade specifically for weapons, or is it, hey, given the situation, this is what you can do? Yeah, I we don't. I I can't say that. And now I don't want to speak for the entire Krav Maga right. community because individuals do different things. But I believe that like we will train somebody with regards to a gun or a knife because of the whole disarming thing. And you need to know how that tool functions. Right. Otherwise, you know, it's, it's ridiculous. But um, I believe that if I bring like, a, let's use a baseball bat. You break into my house and I use a baseball bat. That's not Krav Maga. Right? right. That's me using a baseball bat against a fucking asshole. Right. But if you're going to use the tool, I believe that you should learn how to use it. I'm not a big fan of disarming personally. I'm, I'm, I'm not a big fan. The only thing that I would disarm is maybe a handgun within the right parameters and all the, all the stars are in alignment. Then we'll talk about disarming, but knives, sticks, stuff like that, man, I got to deal with the idiot and I got to get out of there. And I think that there's a little bit of romanticism in, right. in this stuff that as you, I'm, I'm positive you've had some altercations where you've seen that disarming is not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's not no. a perfect situation. You're not no. on a mat. You're not with perfect lighting. You're not, no. with a, you're not with a, uh, a, a, a role player that's, yeah, that's has going a specific with you. script yeah. just to get you to go, okay, cool, you passed this test. So, yeah, yeah, right. no, no, ain't going to happen. Because it is so real, the crowd got the trade, does it make trade difficult? Because you can't actually, like some martial arts, you can do the kicks, the pads, but with yeah. you got, the crowd got, it seems like it seems more aggressive. Yeah. So how do you trade and how do you keep people safe? Well, there's, there's, I think aggression is probably the hardest thing to get a student to be, um, especially considering that most of your students are going to be good people. If they're good people, aggression is the hardest thing to get right. them into. Um, but, you know, hitting pads or having headgear, things like that. I mean, my stress inoculation is still, uh, is still my favorite way exhausting the body and letting you see just how stupid you are going to be when this actually happens in real life is the safest manner that I've found to give some form of reality to it. Right. Um, I think that the, like sparring is not really our thing because we don't spar in real life. So, you know, I'm, 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 I'm hitting with bad intentions. Right. That's what, so to get it as close as possible is usually just to, to, to tire somebody out after they've learned some set of a skill and then letting them see how well that skill is going to fall to shit when they're right. When their stress goes to this. It's because sometimes you see like those Bellator or MMA or UFC fighters or judo, jiu-jitsu. It'd be yeah. kind of cool to see someone who's like, Oh yeah, I've trained for 20 years of crap of God, but then you're like, dude, this guy's going to kill this person. So you can't, yeah. Is, is it tough for Krav Maga to become mainstream or are you guys in your community happy with the fact that you can just well, kind of stay in your little corner? Well, I, I think, I think in the nineties Krav Maga was very mainstream. Um, when it first came, came to this country, 
Um, and as it's been, I don't want to say diluted. I can't say that. Krav Maga is a shitty business model. Okay. Okay. You you can't have a good business model with Krav Maga because if you're training people the way that they want to be trained, the average person does not want that to happen. They need some fitness. They need some, you know, some some empowering type of things. Um, letting them see what violence really does and how to deal with real real violence is quite uh, it's a it's a hard sell. Um, so I I feel a lot of empathy for guys that I've certified. For, to become instructors because I'm like, you know, you're fighting an uphill battle. So I'm a, I'm a little more lenient with people who are like, okay, we're going to soften this up a little bit because of the fact that the topic in, in hand, at, at face value is extremely intimidating to deal with. So the Krav Maga community is no different than karate or any other community. You're going to have people that are very good at ways to articulate how to deal with that violence or scenario and you're gonna have people who are absolutely fucking morons and fuck it right up so right and and because human beings are human beings it doesn't matter whether it's your industry martial arts car sales it doesn't matter you got people who are good at it and you got people who are just should not be fucking doing it so what is the toughest part of being an instructor for Krabaga what what you just said I I think so for me personally the hardest part for me to convey to to guys and girls who are trying to be instructors is I know that they're having an uphill battle because the, the line between educating and empowering and shedding too much light on a subject that's going to terrify people is a, is a razor's edge. And I think the, the best thing about being an instructor for, for my instructors that I've certified is empower educate, empower, and allow them the growth at the speed of which they're going to grow. You, I could teach you and your, your growth rate would be accelerated because of your life experience. I get somebody who's come out of a domestic violence situation and I can't sit there and throw the same, same tools of education to them as I would for you. So it's gotta be, and it's easy for me to say that because of my experience on, on all platforms, but a new instructor, it's very difficult to sit there and well, how do I, how do I teach the same thing six different ways? Right? Right. And and that's just experience. And you're always learning too, I assume. Oh my God. So yeah. that's yeah. probably what makes you a really great instructor because you're not afraid to learn or adapt. Yeah. And I think I think the day that you sit there and say that no, I have nothing to learn from that individual, I think you've started your own cancerous behavior and believing that your shit doesn't stink. And there's there's a I got a real fucking <laughs> problem with that. Right. Yeah. What is the grading system for Krabaga as you move up? Um, well, now, like everything else, different older systems before we evolved, like our system has a patch system before we used belts. Um, but in our system, uh, in our organization, it's uh, like there's three levels. There's a practitioner level. Everything has five ranks. Practitioner level, one to five. Graduate level, one to five. Expert level, one to five. I think actually they might have upped it to six. So you know, it's, it's, and you need that to have a structured system. You need something where goal oriented people are like, okay, I did my practitioner one. Let me go to practitioner two. I'm not a big fan of ranks. Um, I'm, I'm just not, I've got people that I've trained who are practitioner level three and their understanding and scope of the system is greater than people who I've had who are at graduate level five and almost level or almost at an expert level. 
rank, man. It, when you're getting your ass kicked, they just don't give a fuck. I have yeah, I have one guy who's been like, <laughs> hold on a second, before we fight, what rank are you? Right. Because I need to I need to get my system, my my head ready for this fight. Fuck, man, they don't give a shit. Right. Bad guys the, don't give a fuck. In the real world, you're not going to have that bow or that handshake nope. before or after. So. Nope. And, there are, there's, and that's the one reason I love Krav Maga is just because of the fact that there is no rules. I can spit, bite pour coffee on i can take a fucking chair and ram it up your <laughs> asshole i can do whatever i need to do so that i get home safe to my family right yeah so we're going to kind of transition into your kind of club security background right how important is customer service in your industry well let's be honest if you're not if you haven't got any customer service or people skills you're going to be fighting every fucking night yes and then your managers are going to be like, you know what? You are bad for business. Right. And you're not going to have a job. We so. found, I found that a lot of times we'll, we'll do like these events or uh, kind of like red carpet events. We'll be like, oh, I'm a gold glove boxer. I'm a big muscle bound dude. I lift weights all the time. But man, nine times out of 10, that person's the worst. They're very already aggressive. They don't know how to communicate. Yeah. They can't articulate putting hands on someone. Yeah. They're a liability. And so that yeah. must be. As you do work in the clubs and you work with a team of people, you have to ensure that everyone is on the is same it, page. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, now I was really fortunate. I've been in the time that I worked in clubs, I worked with a plethora of different personalities. And then I was my near the end of my time in the clubs. I worked with a group of us. There was about six of us. And we worked two different groups. Like we basically would uproot and just go to a different club. And it was, it was, we went almost three years without wow. an actual fight. Right. Like, I mean, not talking about, you know, you grab somebody right, right. by the underwear and throw them out, but an actual fucking go, we went three years. And that was a large portion of articulation and, and reading other people. Like I had a nickname. One of my guys wrote a book about our times oh, in nice. the clubs and he had a nickname that I've, Fucking, I'm going to copyright it soon. He, he called me a Tasmanian devil with Tourette's. So in that way, I was a liability. So if I was starting to get to that point where I was a liability, one of my guys would come in, we'd deflect, and then somebody new would, would do it. And if you work as a team, you because everybody's got that one person, man or woman, that will push your button where no matter how pleasant you are, right. you're like, you know what, I'm going to fucking headbutt you. So as soon as you just segue the out of there and replace it with someone who can articulate easier on how to deal with that individual, then you're not going to have any fucking problems. Now, remember, managements are cocksuckers. They're the fucking worst because they don't really give a shit about you one way or the they other. They want the end dollar. Yeah, they don't. Right. They want that customer to drink a shit ton, get overserved, pay their bill, and get thrown out all in a pleasant bow so that they'll come back next week. Right. How often do you watch Roadhouse? Um, I, I, I have seen it. I've seen it probably over 200 times. I and love it. As I get older, uh, Sam Elliott's character becomes way more enjoyable to me. I love that. Yeah. What's the worst injury you've ever had doing that type of work? Uh, a bottle across my head. Man. Yeah. And, and it was, and it, I, I, it's my fault. I should have known all the fucking signs were there. I, I took eyes off of, uh, and it was a woman. A woman cracked me. My my, all my altercations, the bad ones, have had from, have come from women. You, you know, dealing with their boyfriend right, right. and then taking eyes off of her and right. Yeah. Do you still 
actively, I, I picked, I kind of picture you now almost like overseeing, like going in there as like a risk assessment and kind of overlooking teams. Or are you still getting in there and just kind of? No, I have a, I've, I've completely detached from that aspect of it. Now I have gotten, you know, through friends or I have guys, young guys who are right. like going into clubs and I'm like, okay, look, here's what I basically just don't do the following things. And you should have an easy time because you can't educate somebody on how to deal with somebody until they get right. some, 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 some feeling, right? right. They got to get their punch. They got to get punched in the face a couple of times before they learn that, okay, maybe I shouldn't use those words and nothing you or I are going to say right. is going to change that. Right. And just to kind of circle back with crop of God, there's that real world practicality of it where yeah. let's, these are the real situations you're going to yeah. be in. Yeah. And, and in, in any security situation, no matter how many, how many times you're looking at hands, 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 eyes, hands, hands. If it's your time to get a fucking altercation, it's going to happen. You, you cannot, there's no, like, you know, as well as I do. So the word security is the stupidest word ever because you right. cannot, you can never be secure. There's always going to be a time where you're vulnerable and something bad's going to happen. Look at Las Vegas, the shooting, yep. you, that stuff like that where like, Manchester bombing with Ariana yep. Grande. You're just kind of like, and I hate Monday quarterbacking. I'm sure you hate it too. Oh, yeah, but yeah. to study and to adapt and learn, you almost have to. But yep. what could you have done? There's nothing you and I could have done with a team of 100 badasses. Like you no. couldn't. So nothing. nothing. It, it, kind of, it is kind of scary. It almost gives like a kind of a false sense of like, oh, security. It's, it's gonna, it's gonna, yeah. Right. It's going to yeah. be okay. Yeah. And you know what? Nine times out of 10, there's going to be no issues. But no. How do you, I guess, how do you trade mentally and physically for something you can't control? It's a weird mindset yeah. to have. Well, it is. But if you mitigate it to the point where you're like, okay, first of all, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. So if let's say I'm, I'm in a scenario where I can't escape, I can't do anything, and I've got three or four dudes. It's very, I have a very simple answer for it. The first guy that comes towards you after you've done everything, the first guy is going to, in, I'm going to be going to intensive care at best. Right. So I'm taking one guy with me. Now, when the police come and they interview me in intensive care and they're like, well, who are the people that attacked you? I want this. I want the nurse to be like, well, in his right hand, he had an ear. In his left hand, he had, we know it's one eyeball. And in somehow in his pocket, he ended up with some type of flesh from a cheek. And in his mouth, he had actual um, um, skin from the skull that he that he chewed on. Like I'm, I'm going out right. swinging because I know I'm going to get hurt. Now I know that that psychologically, if I sit there and I tear the ear off of one of the guys, the other two are less likely to engage in that fight. So I just have to fuck up the first guy really, really badly, and I don't have to worry about the rest of them. Now, as soon as I fuck up that first guy really, really badly, I'm going to jail. Right. It's, it's, so, it's a crazy. I'm fucked either way. Now, <laughs> right. now, if I tell somebody that story and they're, and they're like, well, why should I even bother fighting then? Because you can't allow the enemy to have that power over you. Because where does it stop? Okay, right. I'm not going to fight against that enemy. So, like, it's a, it's a slippery slope. All of a sudden, you're allowing everything to happen to you and you lose your sense of fight. And if you lose your sense of fight, you're no longer a human being. Right. Uh, what were your thoughts on that couple? I think in Minnesota, they had the oh, guns out. Yeah, it's yeah, it's kind of crazy. 
Well, well, mostly I'm I'm so I laugh at how the two A community just shit on them because of their trigger right. discipline. Um, just goes to see humanity, man. <laughs> every humans eat their own. Um, well, without like obviously got some background on them, right. and got to know them. But if I at just at face value, I'm 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 obviously a big proponent of stand by your castle. Um, I don't think it was the wisest thing. And you could see the fear in their face. Like yes. as a predator, you're, you're fucked, man. They, if they had bum rushed them, maybe two guys or two people would have gotten tagged and then everybody, they would have been fucking eaten right. alive. Um, I think that there's, there's bad people on this planet that when predators come in, you know, you fucked with the wrong people. That wasn't them. Right. That was a fucking lawyer that was pre- pretending to be something he was in the deep end of the pool and he was drowning. Right. And he got off lucky. Right. Yeah. It's one of those things where you feel bad because they have the right to own the guns. And you just kind of, when you look at it after, I'm like, man, I wish that we give them the proper training. That way they're not acting that way. Because there is a yeah. fear. But oh, yeah. like we said, just because you own a gun doesn't mean you should no. be able to brandish it. No. If you pull that out, you better get ready to pull a trigger. And they were yeah. not ready for that. No, no. They, they, they basically bluffed and it right. worked. Right. But the ridicule that they got afterwards, like there's a lot of people that were like, I'm going to send you a rifle because theirs was confiscated. Yeah. I get it. I get you want to support those people to do things. But instead, why not say, hey, you're in, I can't remember. They were in California? No, Minnesota. Or Minnesota. Missouri, yeah, yeah, Minnesota. Yeah. Yep. Um, I'm actually going to Minnesota next week. But, perfect. Um, but somebody from Minnesota should have walked up and said, look, you guys got off lucky. We have a range here. You're coming. And you're going to get some fucking training so that it, because it won't happen again, but at least you won't look like a fucking retard and, and, and he was a lawyer. Right. Right. Get the, get them in there. Don't make any big deal about it. Don't tell anybody you're doing it. Just get them in and be like, look, you guys need to learn how to fucking protect yourself. If these are the tools you're going to use, here's how you use them. Right. And you could have done that when you first bought the gun. That's where I, for me, Wow. Oh my God. Yeah. Don't. oh oh, fuck it's 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 pandora's box right right now i'm in arizona and it is the best state around it's a dry heat yeah i I fucking (laughs) yeah 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 it's a dry heat i fucking love it here but the amount of people that open carry or just you know a bad person will snatch that fucking weapon out of you and and ram it right up your fucking cornhole. And that'll be the end of what you got going on. And then you're going to say what guns didn't help me. No guns did their job. You fucked up by not having that training. And that's ridiculous. Right. Absolutely ridiculous. You're an instructor at range time LLC. What's all that about? Well, range time is a, just a phenomenal uh, place. So, where they get confused, like, oh, it's a range. Well, it's not a live fire range. So they use simulators, the same as the military used okay. to work on their marksmanship or drills or, or it's, and it can also be fun. So it is ideal. Like if you, let's say you had a person who was a first time shooter, they've never, they've never shot a gun before. They come to range time and you know, it can be, it's CO2 based. So you get some feedback on it. So you get to see whether it works or not. And it builds confidence and, and, and education on this firearm. Now the, it's a laser system and I w- won't get too fancy on it because I really don't understand the, the science right. behind it. Um, so you can do drop-ins and it's, so let's say I have a, a, a Glock 19, I can use their, their, my weapon 
change out the barrels, put in their, their, their system, and I'm able to use my gun in a safe environment, no ears, no eyes. I, we still follow the same rules about the same right. four rules. But uh, it's a fantastic way to educate and empower and strengthen your, your skills and your marksmanship uh, without blowing through ammo, which, you know, right now is not See the best time, yeah. right? Um, but now for me, in my job, I can take people who are, let's say they conceal and carry from an appendix. I'm like, okay, we're going to deal with knife stabs and you go and you do all the moves and then you can go pull and go and, and there'll be a target behind me and you can shoot that target behind you. So you can see your shot placement. You can see how you're doing it, but you first, you can draw from your conceal and carry, which you can't do at a live range. Right. They're not going to fucking let you do that. No, no. And I can stand in front of you with the knife and stab you. You can do all your moves and then pull your weapon and shoot, which you can't do at a live range. So the, the benefits from, from what I do for a living, it's like a fucking kid in a candy store. We have a, 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 like a kill house, a module oh. kill house. So I can do home invasion stuff and we can work on your, your, how you deal with home invasion situation. I got, it's like fucking, it's like Disneyland for me over there. It is absolutely the best, best location I, or scenario I could ever have asked for. Well, it seems like it kind of contains some of your Kravaga, some of your club stuff. Yeah. And it's some of your just firearms. It, yeah. That sounds awesome. Where, oh, is yeah, that, yeah. where is that based out of? It's in Phoenix. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's phenomenal there. And the owner, the ownership, I should say, cause there's, there's a guy, but there's two main guys there. They're, you know, they're both Marines. And it's, it's not intimidating. Like the worst part about a range, in my opinion, not coming from a gun culture is, is the bullshit that I got to feel when I walk in. Oh, who's this person? Like the posturing in a, in a, in a gun range is absolutely fucking ridiculous. Like I don't go to gun ranges because I don't need fucking Joe BDUs with his open carry fucking and he's 70 pounds overweight. Don't fucking tell me how to fucking shoot a pistol. I'm sure you can but you can't even access your pistol right, because you you're seven. Yeah, yeah, big fucking deal. You can't use that gun in 90% of the situations. Now, when you do have to use the gun, I am a, obviously a big proponent. And you better fucking know how to use it. Make right. sure that you're good under stress and that you can, you're familiar and you're good with the fact that the background and all of that stuff. Yes, it's a perishable skill. Yes, I want you to get to use it. But don't think it's the fucking end-all be-all. And knife people, gun people, all of them, they fucking hate me because I'm like, look, man, it's a fucking tool. I can do as much damage with a fucking pencil, not to right. John Wickett or anything, but I can do as much damage with a pencil as I can with a gun or a fucking uh, a knife, right? Right. Yeah, there definitely is this group of people, a small minority at the top of the gun community. It's like everyone thinks you're white or oh, they think your gun's crap, the way you're holding, your trigger discipline, yeah. and you're kind of like, Man, you might be may have shot more guns than me, but I put the time in to articulate, understand yeah. the gun, yeah. and I know more about what could happen. You pull a trigger than you do when you pull a trigger. Yeah, so, yeah. Just because you shoot a paper target or you've got some fucking steel, they go ding. Right. That doesn't that doesn't mitigate uh, or that doesn't that doesn't translate into a real world scenario, right? And right. the legalities that go with it. You know, holy fuck! You pull that trigger, your life is changed forever. So is the person that you shot. And right. don't give me that fucking, well, he was a bad guy. He deserved it. At the end of the day, you still have to go to court and look at the family right? and say that little boy and be like, yeah, I'm the one who took your dad away. I don't give a shit if your dad's a piece of shit. 
That kid doesn't know that his dad's a 100%, piece of shit. Right. He's looking at the guy who shot his dad. Right. It's that circle again where it yep. just... So one of the, like, touring with a band, like, you go to these venues where you're kind of like, no cameras, no... Yep. But it's, like, nice, gun, grenade, cool. But yep. someone like you who has the training, you can walk in with a pen or a pencil or a knitting needle. Yep. And yep. so it kind of changes the way I think where I'm like, man, anything in here is a weapon. Yep. And if you once you realize that, you can kind of adapt to the situation. Without a doubt. And how hard is it? Like, okay, let's really fucking, we're going to really make this ugly. You've got your principal. Everything's good. How hard is it to really to to bring in a small vial of acid? Oh. It's, right? No. So then all of a sudden, you've got your principal, beautiful man or woman, doesn't yep. matter, whatever they do, and to fucking spray their face with acid. It's right. not difficult. And you, there's no defense for it except for you diving in front of the fucking right person and then you're fucked for life right when people want to do something you know this better than anybody if they really want to do something they're gonna you're they're gonna get it right right you can't stop it so and then and then that's where that whole fucking false sense of security the problem i have with your industry or nightclub security or any security is right it's it's smoke and mirrors yes yeah and you're not paid anywhere near enough ever for the job. Right. Right. And you're disposable at the end of the day, everything's good until somebody they find better or they like better or who will actually fuck it. Like, again, I hate to use that. My bodyguard or bodyguard or whatever. Yeah. Fucking Kevin Costner. It's a shitty, it's a fucking ridiculous movie, but, but there's a lot of truth to that in the sense of when you're dealing with high net worth people who are detached from reality, they have no idea of what real danger is. And you've got to try to fucking educate them on their own safety. Like right. it's just the, the industry frustrates me to, to no end because right. of that. It doesn't help the fact that they can all go trade through you or whoever. Yeah. Yet you'll always have that group of people that they're the friend or the cousin oh, because yeah. they used to, oh, they used to throw thrust kicks in high school and wrestle. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They, now they're the bodyguard. It's yeah. Like, it, you look at yeah. them like, man, yeah. Did you advance the show? Like, do you know, like, the route's out of here if there's a fire? Like, yeah. they're like, oh, well, I can fight. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's absolutely, it's, it, it, yeah, well, fuck. That's a whole different day's <laughs> conversation. So, how do you stay so positive and kind of just upbeat? Well, the, well, because I have bad days, right? Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I try to be as transparent as possible with the fact that. There's many days I wake up and I don't like who I'm looking at in the mirror. And I've got gremlins and demons just like everybody else. Right. And as long as I understand that I'm doing the best I can at this very moment, this second right now, and do my very best to not live in the past and not keep my eyes too far forward, all I can control is this moment right here. Right. So if, if I can try to smile more than I cry... And if I can try to just make one person smile more than they cry, then I've done my, I've done a good job. And that's a lot of times that's what keeps, you know, keeps people from fucking sucking on a bullet, man, is just, they say hope should never be a course of action, right? Right. I had this, I had a, I had this conversation with a good friend of mine, Johnny Primo. He's like, Marcus, you know, hope is not a course of action. I'm like, yeah, you're right. But without hope, you're not living, man. You need to have a little bit of hope. I have right. to have a little bit of hope, a little bit of faith, because if I don't, if I start thinking about humanity and how stupid they really are, 
well, fuck, what's the use of bother living? Because humanity right. is, I have to have faith that there's good people and I try to be a good person. If I try to do all those things, well, I, I can live the, hopefully a good life. One of the things I love about you, and I think everyone should, again, look at your videos and your content you put out, the fact you are like a real gritty person, yeah. and it, it's, it's soothing to kind of be like, man, this is someone, I mean, I hate the term alpha male, but someone is proud of who they are. Yeah. You're a warrior, and it's, yeah. I think it, it projects like, hey, I can do that too. Like, I can yeah. be positive, and I think yep. that is so essential. Well, and I think, and how hard is it really, like, how hard is it for me to walk up to you if I see you and we introduce each other and be like, hey, John, how are you, man? You good? Right. Everything's good? Yeah, I'm having a bad day. Well, okay. So, and to just listen, not not listen with the with waiting for my turn to talk, but actually right. listen. Just be like, okay, man, just fucking, like, I get, I get a lot of messages, you know, and people are going through some fucking hard times, right. man. And sometimes they just need to hear. They just need to hear that somebody said, "Hey, you know what? I hear you. I don't got. I have no fucking answers. I don't know why your your lover was taken from you. I don't know why you got beaten by seven men. I don't know why. Like, I don't have answers for that. But just know that I'm happy you're still alive. Right. There would be a lot of people that aren't dead now because of one person just just listening for one one or two seconds. I think people kind of forget about humanity and that yeah. if you can you can be empathetic. Yeah. And still be a badass. You can yeah. still have that side of you that. Yeah. I think the most, the most empathetic people I've ever met are people who will snatch the soul right out of you in fucking a heartbeat. Right. When you, when you know what it's like to hurt somebody, you have a lot more empathy on how to be good to somebody. Right. Yeah. So one of the topics, I like get the big one that I kind of, with COVID, like you see all the stuff with Epstein and Maxwell. Yeah. And we actually did a talk with Dr. Lewis Lee, who is the founder of Children of the Night, which is she helps rescue um, sex trafficked children. Yeah. And yeah. so you kind of go down these rabbit holes talking about it. And I guess yeah. my question to you is, why is human trafficking slash some of these states, and even some of these California states trying to pass these pedophilia laws, the country of Greece is making it okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, is it is it taboo to talk about it in a negative light? Because it seems no. like more people concerned about tearing down a statue than yeah. rescuing the yep. millions of kids that go disappear. Yep. Um, it's not a taboo thing. I, I think the fact is, is it just makes people uncomfortable because nobody wants to think about children getting raped. Um, and nobody wants to sit there and take accountability for the fact that they didn't do jack shit to help any children from getting raped. Um the whole Epstein fucking thing and this broad that's on trial now and so, so, okay, so to put things in perspective, I'm going to try to keep this as, as light as possible. So 40 years ago, I was molested. And I was molested by two different men. Now, in 40 years, pedophiles, 40 years ago, were uh, raping children. Right. Here we are 41 years later, and, and they're still doing it. Now, what, so whoever's watching this up to this point, I want to tell that, those people something. In six months, when it's no longer cool to talk about sex trafficking or pedophiles or anything, I want you, the person listening to this, to still make a fucking noise about it. I got fucking men and women who are boots on the ground, kicking down doors, snatching up kids to save them, and they've been doing it for 20 years. Craig Saw uh, Sawyer, Craig right? Sawyer, yep. Hey, you know how fucking many years he's been doing that job? Right. 
And now it's fucking the big deal. Where were you fucking 15 years ago when he was doing it? So my point is, is pedophiles right now are hot topic, right? Everybody likes to talk about it. And in a little bit of time, you're going to get a bunch of actors who get thrown under the bus because they need to, to show that right, they're right. standing tall for it. It's, it's the exact same as if you ask any border agent, okay? And you talk about the cartels or anything and they throw away millions, hundreds of millions of dollars of product to the border to catch it so that the billions of other can get clear sailing. That's basically where we're at the pedophile situation. You got a bunch of high names that are about to get thrown under the bus and then society will be like, yeah, we made a difference. But they're just doing it so that all the thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of other kids that they're snatching and raping, right. aren't get, we just fucking deflect. Let right. the masses, let those sheep sit there and feel like they're doing a good thing by standing up. Fuck them. The best way to sit there, and I want pedophiles to be afraid. I want them back the way they were before, where they had to do shit really covertly. I want them fucking scared shitless because men and women in all the communities are watching everybody else's child. Who's that? That's my uncle Bob. Bing. Hey, uh, Joe, right. I got a, your daughter here with an uncle Jack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's my brother. I swear to God, everything's good. Okay. All right, uncle Jack, you can take that kid. Like we protect our fucking right. our neighborhoods. Imagine on a global level. Well, then it's, it's a lot fucking harder to snatch kids. If all of a sudden we're, we're, uh, watching for our kids. I'm going to, I'm sure you saw the video. You saw the video in China, kids playing, oh. he comes by on the thing. What okay. the hell? That was a trained, that train, that's right. a trained animal. Right. So if you want the scope of how big this is, you've got men and women who are training animals to snatch kids. There's, it's a billion dollar industry. Right. It's bigger than oil right now. It's it, insane. And it's always been bigger. It's always been. So, so where I get frustrated, and I really am like, I was happy you wanted to talk about it, but I'm frustrated to talk about it because I get angry at the fact that pedophiles have power over their victims because of the fact that don't tell anybody, don't, uh, it's your fault that it happened. First of all, if you've been molested, it's not your fault. So fucking try your best to let go of it. How do, don't let that fucking man or woman who molested you have that power to be like, you know what? Fuck you. You got right. me that time. Now I'm going to be an advocate for other children because I'm going to, you know, whatever you're going to do to do it, right. whether that's just watch over kids or whatever. It doesn't matter. But, but be a loud fucking noise. Be an, I have this hashtag that I've been doing for fucking ever. Be a nightmare for bad guys. Now, it's got a multitude of different meanings behind it. But today's meaning on this show means be a nightmare for those fucking uh, sex traffickers who are profiting off of our kids. And be a nightmare for pedophiles by knowing that if we see you and we catch you, bad things are going to happen. Don't leave it to the legal system because they're not going to do a goddamn thing about it. They're over, overfunded or overworked already. Sex, crimes, uh, sex crime units are getting cut. Right. There's, it's, not, not, it's not by accident that they're getting cut. Right. It's, all, it's, it's one of those things where you're like, do you feel for the victims and... But at the same time, there's countries out there like Greece that are now making it okay in a sense that, oh, if you're 13 or whatever, you're, you could have been a, yeah. it's like, yeah. it's a weird, Yeah. It, it, I wish there was more that could be done for the victims, but it, I think this goes so high yeah. that 
Yeah, we'll cut the head off. We'll cut the feet off some of the uh, it's a Hydra. It's, you oh, got Prince it. Andrew? Okay, cool. But yeah. we're going to protect these steak heads growing. Yeah. So yeah. in 40 years, I'm talking to Marcus, yeah. the same shit's happening again. Yeah. And the, the best way that we can help uh, survivors of any of this stuff is one to let them know that it's okay to feel the way they do, but we need to let the the the, the victims their accountability has to be on themselves. Don't let them have power. Stand tall. It's not your fault. Fucking go and live a great life. The best punishment you can give to a pedophile is to look them if you ever see them, look them in the eyes and be like, "You're only alive because it's illegal for me to kill you. You don't have any power over me." And as a result of what happened to you, I've sat there and saved seven other kids. Now, the cameras are away. Good. I'll fucking, I'll gut you like a fucking pig. Right. But you're only alive right now because of the fact that I can't kill you. There's too many people around. Do you think a pedophile could be reformed? No. Or are they already? No. Okay. Nope. Because they've, uh, studies have shown that they castrated them and they went and uh, abused it anyways. Right. Which is where, this is where, and I hate saying that because all of a sudden they're like, see Marcus, it is a yes. mental disease. I've got a mental disease for you. It's called Drano. And I'm going to put it in a fucking vial and I'm going to inject it in your fucking skull. That'll fry everything. Then there you go. Like my, I have zero, zero. When it comes to people who rape or like rape women, right, well, right. I'm sorry, let, I should say rape in general. Just if you rape someone, you are no longer a part of our humanity. And if you don't believe me, look at our jail systems. So here we've got the worst fucking people on the planet. Worst. I mean, the fucking degenerates of society. Who do they kill? Yep. They're <laughs> the, and that's why they segregate. And they'll still get them. Yeah, we had that Boston uh, Archdiocese Gagnon, I think, a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. But he was part of, like, obviously the issues of the Catholic Church. And they put up a general pop. I think yeah. literally in a day, yeah. they, like, these hardened guys are like, yeah. these, these people had literally shot and killed gang oh, yeah. members. Yeah. They, they're like, we don't want that here. Nope. Yep. So it's, I don't, I don't want to say it's cool to see that type of structure because I, obviously they're in there for a reason. Yeah. But I wish that type of mentality was everyone thought that same way. It's some yep. sort of, Hey, justice is justice, man. Right. You can't, you can't sit there and say that it's a bad thing because you, now the people that say, um, you know, you got a lot of bleeding hearts who are like, no, 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 no. Everybody needs deserves to be tried. And I get all of that. That's great. Cause it's not your kid. Right. When you find out that your kid was violated by this individual and you can look me in the eyes and say, you know what? I still think he should go to jail because I believe in the legal system. I'm going to say, you're right. He should go to jail, but put him in general population. No special treatment, no nothing. Just put right. everybody, and then let's see how you do. Now, there's, there's, there's pedophiles that are very, very bad people, and they'll survive in jail, no problem. But it's just a matter of time. Right. Right? So I'm, I'm all for self-justice. I don't do give you, a shit. Do you have kids? I have a 24-year-old boy, but he has cerebral palsy. Um, he's, so he's very severely handicapped. Um, and I've been blessed to be in the lives of a few, they're now much older right. children. Um, uh, but any child, right. any child, do you have children? I do not know. Okay. Do you have nieces, nephews? I do. And okay. I, I, I picture something happening. Yeah. I'm like, I don't, yeah. I guess for me, like I, I have such a bad temper when it, I can control it obviously in a professional manner, but the minute something like that happens, I don't know how I'd be able to process yeah. 
Like even if you guys punched or kicked, like I'd just be like, I just want to tear that skin off that person. Yeah. Yeah. And so and how do you? You you actually had something done to you. Yeah. And for the last forty years, you've had to have that that searing anger inside you. Yep. And control it, yet use that anger to help others. But I have a voice like you do. Yeah, and but it took that took a lot of years, right? right? I mean, I'm fucking I'm 51. It's if if I'm still the same mentality as I was when I was 12, 13, 14, whatever. Like fuck, man, that's not evolution. I think the the when you when you talk to other people who have had some type of a, of abuse, you start to compare, not compare stories, but you compare each other. And the best thing that you can do for someone, if you meet somebody who has been abused and they had the courage to, to, to vocalize it, first of all, that's awesome, right. um, is to, to sit there and be like, right on, I'm, I'm happy that you're, you're beating this or that you know, you're not giving them any power. And then let them show just by in your actions that, hey, you're a good person. You're not a piece of shit. Right. And whatever that person took from you, it's gone. So don't bother fucking dwelling on it. And I don't like the word victim. I don't like survivor. Um, at the end of the day, when you look at people who have uh, survived cancer, right? They didn't survive it. They thrived in adversity. Right. They looked that fucking thing and said, fuck you. I'm not going to let you beat me. What's the difference between that and surviving a pedophile attack? You didn't survive it. You're thriving. You looked at it and you said, fuck you. You're not going to beat me. Right. How we, how we view that scenario helps us how we view ourselves and how we view ourselves is the number one cancerous problem that we have in our societies when we look in the mirror and we don't like what we see. And that's, that breaks my heart because I know what that's like. Right. So, so let's, go ahead. Let's talk about that t-shirt you got going on right now <laughs> and the status you've got around holding Where can yeah. people get it and buy it? Well, uh, so uh, I created a shirt it's a black shirt with orange square. Unfortunately, my printer fucking was a retard. Didn't give us a hard copy of it. I fucking hate them. <laughs> um, but it basically is a, you'll see it on, if you go to my Instagram there, it's, there's pictures all over, but it's a, 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 a orange box and it has four simple words, hunt your local pre, uh, pedophile. Very simple. Fucking Helen Keller could read it. It's that it's very clear. Yep. Um, and I've got, you know, we did a pre-sale, uh, that we ended on Sunday and we sold a decent amount, not, not huge. I'm, I'm a little disappointed in the numbers, but then I'm also excited for the fact that we still did, you know, some good numbers, on right. it. but it was the reactions from people. Like I had people, I have some people who bought it and said, you know, I can never wear it because of, of, of my job or whatever. I get it. Right. I get it. But I had people who were like, well, I'm not going to wear it because um, I'm giving them a platform. And I looked at, at that person. I said, a platform. Well, yeah, if we bring it up, then it shows. That's attention the problem to them. right yeah, there. Right there. And I looked at this person and it was, a, it was, a, well, I had actually three, believe it or not, two guys and a girl. And I've looked at them the same way, separate situation. I said, you're part of the fucking problem because you don't want to bring it up. Right. You're letting them fucking sit there and have that power. Fuck that. Right. If, if the people that look at it are going to do two things, either you're a pedophile and you're like, ah, fuck you. I hate you. Good. I want you to hate me. Cause right. if I ever find out who you are, I'm going to fucking put a, a liquid mercury in your fucking pee pee hole and see how you like that. Or you're, or you're for it because of the fact you realize that they should be afraid. I want pedophiles to be afraid. I want them to absolutely like right now in our current environment, most pedophiles are like, 
fuck. Right. Why are wood chippers, uh, wood chips, uh, things sales going through the roof? Fuck yeah, throw them all in. Zero, zero. <laughs> and and again, a pedophile to me is is not a man or a woman. Right. They're they're a thing. Because there's women pedophiles as well, and while the numbers of them are less, they should be fucking uh, chopped up too. Do you know that we would not have a deficit in America if we sat there and said, "Okay, we got, we got probably about fifteen hundred to two thousand pedophiles. We know they're pedophiles. We know for sure, and we're going to do pay per view. We're going to pay per view uh, their their demise." And you just pay a simple amount every go fund and, and that money will go towards the deficit. We would pay that deficit off the trillion dollar deficit. We would pay that deficit off in a week. Right. Cause there's not one person who wouldn't put a couple of bucks towards watching some skin get peeled off of somebody's fucking, uh, some pedophiles arm. Right. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I think it's awesome too. It's again, I can't re- reiterate this enough. You're, you're so raw. It's it's so refreshing to talk to someone that doesn't have, I don't want to say an agenda in that sense. More, you're just very, like you're just you. You look at you and you're like, man, this guy has a story to tell. He's real, and I can't. I I definitely want more people to start listening to you, and checking you out, and I, man, it's just awesome. Well, thank you, thank you very much. It's it's nice to be able to to. I'm very bad at, at censoring what I have to say. If I have to censor what I have to say, it, it, it just, I feel you very say it. You shouldn't say it yeah, if, you, yeah. if you have to censor it. Right? Yeah. Um, and that's not right because what I have to say is I never, I'm very mindful of everybody's feelings and emotions. I'm very empathetic. But when it comes to certain subjects, I'm, I, I think that there's no need for uh, soft selling it. Now, if you have somebody who survived cancer, I'm going to be empathetic to that survivor, and I'm, but I am going to shake their hand and be like, you're a fucking warrior, man. You're a oh, fucking superstar. Badass. You know what I mean? Right. Fuck yeah. Now, why can't we do that with, no, why is it just one person? Why can't it be th- hundreds and, and tens of hundreds of thousands and millions of people who just pump up our fellow human being? People live in their own little bubble. They're, oh, just, they're so ignorant towards other. I mean, everyone has a bad day. Everyone yeah. can have a shitty day. But yeah. you're not. If I if I'm having a bad day, why do I have to let Marcus know I'm having a bad day? Because he may have a bad day, but he's not letting me know he has a bad day. So yeah. let's just be good people. How hard yeah. is that? Well, yeah, and and just remember though, when you have a bad day, what well, it's a bad moment really right because in 24 hours it's, for a full 24 hours to be a bad day would be a fucking that's a that's very rare right but it's usually a bad moment that ruins a bad day that turns to a bad week just fucking if you have a bad moment embrace that bad moment it's over with and be done with it right My, you know it's it's not it's not rocket science i don't i don't i don't claim to have the, all the fucking answers and i want to make sure we're clear I have really bad days. I had a, co- a couple of days ago, I had a fucking horrific, just complete mental meltdown and just angry and wanted to kill everything. Okay. Well, here you are. Right. And here I am. Because at the end of the day, I know that somebody either A, has it worse than me, which is very, very possible. And even if there isn't anybody that has it worse than me, I look back at, at where I am before to now and what's happened and what hasn't happened and what I've done and what I haven't done and... I want to have the fewest regrets possible. And the best way to have less regrets is to not live in the past and be angry about what happened five minutes ago. Fuck, it's over with. Be done with it. Right. Right. So, so you're on Instagram. You're on Facebook. I am. Do you yep. have a website or anything? How can people kind of... Yeah, no, I don't have a website because I'm the worst self-promoter on the fucking planet. Um, 
but yeah, Instagram is uh, is it, and then there's two pages on uh, on on Facebook. One is like a regular page, and then one is a fan page, which is fucking ridiculous. Which I had to get because my <laughs> business uh, stuff, right? business. Well, it's, I I switched. My normal page is like my business page, and my <laughs> fan fan page is like my where I spend three or four minutes fucking venting and and oh my god you want to hear ramblings go to that page some Holy of the fuck. best ones though or like right when he comes on instagram it seems like all oh, marcus is live i'll tune in i'll be like okay one he's gonna have his coffee yes he earbuds in yeah i cannot wait to see what he's talking about right now fuck again, yeah the... it's all about who you are and i mean i could appreciate this time with you oh i i'm thankful really i'm really thankful that you reached out and that we did it because uh i i'm not you've had some big fucking names on your thing man and so I feel thankful that I get that opportunity to just be able to have a good conversation with a solid oh, dude. I'm going to let Keith know you're a fan of his. And I'm oh, going to, fuck I'm, yeah. I'm going to put up direct with you because you guys actually kind of share some very similar, uh, like, philosophies. Of oh, he's a fucking rock star. Like, I, I just – actually, ironically, I won't take up too much more time. No, I love but, it. But, like, uh, three weeks ago or maybe four weeks ago, I YouTubed some of his old performances that he had done during tournaments. And it was like uh, it was like reliving my childhood. I was like, God, damn, he looked good there doing that stuff. And you know, even with all his acting like that, that kind of went a different direction. He he went that direction. But while he was the wushu fucking king oh, of America, he was the shit man. Yeah, fuck, he was doing some original creative shit. So yeah. I'll put you guys direct. You guys have a fun time. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Ironically, uh, the Stella Karate that I took. His brother or somebody related to him ended up doing the same system. I was in Boston at a summer camp, and this guy, something Hirabayashi, a very, I was like, right. are you related to Keith Hirabayashi? And, you know, he was like looking at me like, who the fuck are you, buddy? I'm like, you're a little <laughs> fucking green belt or something. But I was like, yeah, we're related. I was like, that's fucking cool, man. The guy I idolize in one style of martial art is related to this fucking douchebag that's actually wasn't douchebag, but I probably just caught him at a bad day because I right. didn't know. I was fucking younger, so. You know, I probably was like, hey, what are you doing? He was in the middle of fucking something important. I'm like, hey, <laughs> right, right. Fucking idiot. Right on. So thanks again, Marcus. Right on. Well, thank you for uh, doing it. And uh, hopefully some people enjoy this. Right on. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. Come on a journey like no other, where you will discover many roads that will lead you to a happier, healthier, and more stress-free life. And the beauty is, you don't need any vacation time for this adventure. The journey will come to you. Join Avery Rich on your very own journey into yoga. Along the way, she will demystify yoga poses and guide you into a yoga posture or short sequence, all in less than 15 minutes. You have nothing to lose but stress. 
the Journey into Yoga podcast. It's not for people who like yoga. It's for people who don't like yoga. Follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at averyrich.com.